0: Select, select. Yeah, go, right. right. All right. New York Giants select Evan Neal. Evan Neal. Welcome back, Giants fans. And as you can tell, I am thrilled with how round one of the 2022 draft went for the New York Giants, getting Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. Not in that order. They went k first, and Evan Neal. But I put out a tweet about a month and a half ago saying that I would be ecstatic and it would be my dream scenario if the Giants were able to come away with Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. And what do you know? Dreams do come true. How do you like that? So... It came out that Joe Shane wanted to go with Evan Neal first, but based on how the draft board fell and how some of the picks were made before the Giants, they figured going Kayvon Thibodeau would have been the right move at five because they would have have been fine with Ikea Aquano or Evan Neal falling to number seven. So great job by Joe Shane. He said a lot of things that you want to hear your GM say today. So you love hearing that. The Giants came away with two players that I think are top five players in this draft. So... To see your team make picks like that is a great feeling. I think it went about as well as it could. And I know there are two more days left of the draft. There are still six rounds left. But based on what we saw of five and seven today... I think things went very well, I must say. So looking at how the draft played out, there weren't that many surprises based on how the draft odds were looking. If you look at some of the big betting sites, i looked at DraftKings, and it wasn't really that much of a surprise. Trayvon Walker goes first, then Aiden Hutchinson, two, Derek Stingley, three, Sauce Gardner to the Jets at four, and the Giants are sitting there at five, and you're like, oh my God, they have their pick at any tackle they want. We still have Ike Aquano on the board, still have Charles Cross, still have Evan Neal, We're thinking in the back of our minds, well, it's been rumored the entire offseason that the Giants do like Charles Cross. Do they happen to take him at five? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking at five, they're going to take Evan Neal the entire time. Like at one point, I bought into the rumors of Charles Cross being a Giant. Then the more I thought about it, I was like, nah, Evan Neal's better. They're going to go with Evan Neal. But... At number five overall, it's announced that Kayvon Thibodeau was taken by the Giants, and I was kind of surprised by it. Not like it wasn't a shocker, but I was a bit surprised because Joe Shane had this comment about a week ago talking about how if certain guys don't fit the characteristics they want, they will take them off their board. And we know about the quote-unquote character concerns with Kayvon Thibodeau. I personally don't buy into them. I think Kayvon, from the interviews I've seen of him, he impresses me. I think he's a smart, intelligent guy. I don't get like the same concerns other people do, but we know that certain people and uh, other draft analysts and stuff, they have some type of concerns with Kayvon Thibodeau. So I'm thinking, oh, well, is that kind of a shot at Kayvon? Was that a hint by Joe Shane that maybe Kayvon will not be on the Giants board. It was not. So Kayvon goes fifth overall to the Giants. And the way Joe Shane talked about it afterwards, and this was summed up in a tweet that came out from Jordan Ronan. He says, my understanding is that the Giants were about to take Neal at pick number five until picks three and four unfolded the way they did. Of course, the back-to-back cornerbacks going there. Joe Shane all but admitted they were able to wait since three offensive tackles were available. Thibodeau was the pick because they saw a big drop-off at edge after Kayvon Thibodeau so after Kayvon was gone you pretty much had guys like Jermaine Johnson I'm trying to think who else was left at that point George Karloftis but yeah once Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker went one and two Kavon Thibodeau was like the last member of like the top three tiers. So if you did not get Kayvon Thibodeau and a team happened to trade up with the Panthers at six or the Panthers themselves took Kayvon Thibodeau at six, then it's like, oh, crap, we just lost the guy who was in that top tier for edge rushers. And my friend that I was watching the draft with was like, hey, they should just might as well take Kayvon Thibodeau here and just take one of the tackles that falls. And I was so in love with Evan Neal. I'm like, no, I just I just wanna take Evan Neal. Don't don't chance it. Just take him here. But they did the smart thing. I'm the dumb one here. They did the smart thing. They took the guy who was the last guy in that tier at the edge position in Kayvon Thibodeau they take him at five they're like look if Iki Aquano or Evan Neal goes six we'll take the guy that the Panthers do not take and the Giants were in a perfect spot Evan Neal of course had some medical concerns come up in recent days the Giants of course did not really think it was a big deal I don't know what those concerns were exactly. Sometimes we hear about these random things a few days before the draft. I know Montez Sweats had that happen with him when he was taken by Washington a few years ago, and that really did not turn out to be anything that was a big deal. So I'm personally not concerned. But the fact that he fell to seven in the first place was a bit of a surprise. I feel like, you know, even if you go back a couple months ago Kayvon was supposed to be a potential number one overall pick and then Aiden Hutchinson of course was that guy then it was Shavon Walker but you look at Evan Neal like he was supposed to be a top three guy as well there were rumors about Evan Neal going first overall at one point so the Giants to come away with these guys at five and seven and get both of them that's amazing and I felt really great when the Giants took Andrew Thomas I was a big fan of his but this draft night in particular because probably we had two picks and it felt a lot better I felt so good after the first, you know, two picks were made. It was like this is our guy, like Joe Shane. I just love everything about him so far and I was not expecting to be disappointed. I had like this calmness about me. It was nice knowing that Joe Shane's probably not gonna F this thing up. And it it was gonna be tough to mess it up because picking at five and seven, I mean, you have a shot at some of the best players in the draft, of course. Now the Giants could have taken a risk and just took someone random we were not thinking of. I'm trying to think of a name here. They could have went wide receiver with like Chris Olave or something, a guy I do like, but still that might've been a reach for number five or seven. So to have Joe Shane just go about this the way he did, take the guy at five who was the last remaining edge guy before a big drop-off happened and have the wherewithal to take the um, offensive tackle that the Panthers were going to take that's the type of GM you want to see right there. That's why I've had so many problems in the past with the way this team has been run in the draft, in the offseason. But seeing a guy like Joe Shane, the way he was able to maneuver this thing and have a forward-thinking approach, I was a big fan of it. And even like what the media has said about these Giants picks, like you can tell people that are very well-trusted and people that are held in a high regard that cover the draft are saying very good things about the Giants. Of course, you know, the Jets, they had a good draft themselves, but the Giants are getting a lot of credit for what they did at five and seven. Um, Joe Shane had a quote on Kayvon Thibodeau. This was treated out by Zach Rosenblatt. And Shane said, he's a very outgoing individual. He has a lot of personality, really good kid, likable kid, works hard. We got to know this kid more than any player in this draft. So yeah, it seems like, you know, the Giants did a good job of hiding it. I was never like fully bought in that they were going to take Kayvon. I think in the mock draft I did for the Giants, I had them taking Neil and Kayvon, but like I just, I don't know, part of me was like, do they actually like Kayvon? I had, I was second-guessing myself. Evan Neal, I felt very confident they liked him. Of course, the Charles Cross stuff kind of crept in my mind because of the uh, reports and the tweets that kept coming out about him and how the Giants love him, but that, of course, was all smoke. But just based on how Joe Shane talks about Kayvon Thibodeau, I kind of feel the same way. I've never met Kayvon Thibodeau once again, but I've watched at least a couple of interviews. You know, they were about twenty minutes each or something like that. So I have a good understanding of what Kayvon Thibodeau is like, and I like his personality. I do. I, I really had no concerns whatsoever. People talked about Kayvon took off certain plays and. You go back and watch, like, there was a play in his final game right before he was about to get drafted. Like, if I'm in his shoes in this situation, I'm probably taking a playoff too. I think they were down by three or four scores. And it's like, why would you risk getting hurt when you're about to get the bag, like, from an NFL team? Like, just, I get it. You want guys to play hard every single snap. Like, that's the old cliche. But, like, nah, if I have 30, 40 million dollars coming my way and we're down by three or four scores in a meaningless final college game, I'll let you score the touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, I don't blame him whatsoever for making a business decision there. Now that he's in the NFL and has the money, he better try every snap, but I get why someone would pull that card in college. I get it. Looking at Kayvon as a player, to me, he's just an all-around guy. He's going to be a good edge against the run, good edge against the pass, and he has that prototypical size. He's 6'4", 256, Amazing explosiveness. That first step is as good as it gets, honestly. I think the thing he could probably work on is just having more of a pass rushing variety, I guess you can say. Like I feel like he goes to the same couple moves every time, but like just looking at him as an athlete from that standpoint, I mean he was able to get by just on that alone. So once this guy's actually coached up and learns new pass rushing moves and just how to attack offensive tackles on 30, 40, um, you know, passing down snaps per game. He's going to come in different, so I don't know if it's going to take a year or maybe two years for Kayvon to, to reach that, that peak player he could be, but at some point he's going to get it, and he's been compared to guys like Miles Garrett before, there's a reason for that, we know Miles Garrett's a freak, so to have a guy with the ceiling that he does... It's great to know, and I know that Trayvon Walker is going to be the one talked about for having like the very high ceiling. He's more of like a versatile, do it all type guy, but with Kayvon, like the Giants needed that very badly. Like that personality that Kayvon has, I think it fits this area very well in New York City. I think it fits the market very well. Some people say it may not. I think it'll be fine. Um, you look at the Giants' edge room. We've talked about it before. After Aziz Ojalari, who I know some people think might be great one day. He might be good one day. He might be average. I'm in like that camp of like, I think Aziz Ojolari is going to be a good pro. I'm not convinced he'll be like this great future Hall of Fame type guy. So to pair him up with Kayvon Thibodeau, who's been one of the most highly coveted prospects over the past few years, that's going to make Aziz Ojolari's life even easier. So to have those two guys on your edges for hopefully the next five plus years at least, I mean, that's going to be a great thing for the Giants. And um, I do believe Joe Shane. Had some nice things to say about Zizo Jalari. Of course, he loves um, Kayvon Thibodeau, based on what he said about him. So to have those two guys growing together, learning to play together, that's gonna be a great thing for Giants fans. Kayvon also has great bend around the edge. It's something that we talked about with Zizo Jalari, of course, and that's what he's been known for. But you know, with Kayvon, the way I went about watching the prospects these year, this year, I watched Aiden Hutchinson first. And I was impressed. I was like, all right, this guy's a high floor. He's gonna be a good NFL player. Then I watched Kayvon immediately after him, and I ended up liking Kayvon more. Not to say that I would have taken Kayvon over Hutchinson. I think Hutchinson's safer, so if I was a GM myself and I'm trying like to save my job and not like make a riskier pick, I'm probably taking Andy Hutchinson myself. But in terms of like who has the higher ceiling, who has a chance to be like an actual superstar in this league. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is as good as it gets. He really jumped out to me in kind of the same way Andrew Thomas did a few years ago, honestly. So I think as long as he puts it all together, as long as New York is not too big for him, which I don't think it will be. I think Kavon's going to work out for this team. I'm very excited about it. The Giants needed an edge rusher badly, and they have not had a guy this talented since Jason Pierre-Paul was in his prime, which was a long time ago. So I'm excited for it. I I think most Giants fans came away excited at number five overall. Of course, we all wanted that right tackle. We'll talk about him now, Evan Neal. We finally got that as well. Not saying the Giants' offensive line is completely fixed. We know we still have some holes at left guard and... Kind of center, we'll see what happens there with Feliciano, how good he is as like a stopgap type guy. But at least left tackle, right tackle, we're looking pretty good right now. So, Evan you Neal, know, right off the bat, it just has size that you cannot teach 6'8, 345. I mean, you're not finding that many places. I feel like some guys just had things that you could not teach and kind of Mekhi Beckton in a way felt the same way. Now, the one concern I have, and there's some like technical concerns with Evan Neal. Sometimes he's like off balance and leans forward, but like that stuff's fixable in my opinion. Like you get the right coach around him, he'll be fine. But the stuff, the one thing I'm concerned about with Evan Neal is when you're that big, how injury prone are you throughout your career? So, so far he's been fine. He has not really missed any time in his career so far. So I, I'm not worried now, but when you're 345 pounds and that tall, you wonder, like, can, can he hold up throughout his entire NFL career? But outside of that, like, I really don't have that many concerns when it comes to him. Like, He just is physically dominant. He gets out of his stance so quickly. He's good in pass protection, in my opinion. The guy has played three different positions at Alabama, very high level, of course. So, I think he's been through everything at this point and the fact that the Giants desperately needed a right tackle. I mean, if if he wasn't here, I mean, like, who would be the right tackle next year? You know, Matt Gano, you have Matt Perts on a torn ACL, so that's not gonna happen. So yeah, Corey Cunningham, guys like that, like you needed somebody. Like I think we knew as Giants fans, if they keep these two picks at five and seven, one of these picks is going to be a tackle, and to have it be Evan Neal who falls to seven is great in my opinion. So, what makes Evan Neal so likable is just how big he is, how strong he is, and how explosive he is. He's another guy that I watched his interviews in the past, and I came away impressed with him as a person. He looked like another intelligent guy, so I like seeing that. Of course, I don't think that stuff matters as much. Like at the end of the day, the thing you really care about with offensive linemen is just beating the guy in front of you. But still, I mean, to have Evan Neal come off as like a very personable guy that's a nice thing as well. Now, as I said, the feet, the balance, that stuff may need some work with Evan Neal, but, you know, with the new offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson, hopefully they can fix that. And learning from uh, Andrew Thomas, who is really coming to his own here, that should help as well. So I talked about Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau playing together for five plus years. Hopefully the Giants have two tackles that can play together for a long time with Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. And I tweeted this out today, and I've said this in the past. I've said this back in 2019, probably 2020, and I've believed this for a while. I'm a person that, you know, I believe tackles are more important than the interior guys. You can look at how tackles are paid as compared to those guys, and it it holds uh, holds up to be true. But you look at teams that have two good tackles. And I feel like most times those teams have good offensive lines as a whole. So we look at teams that have had... A good left tackle and a good right tackle at the same time. And how good were their offensive lines? Look at the Eagles back in their Super Bowl year. Jason Peters, left tackle. Lane Johnson, right tackle. The whole offensive line was great. Look at the Packers during the last, you know, mid-2010s era with David Bakhtiari. Then you had uh, Brian Balaga. They always had a good offensive line. You look at the Saints the past few years with Teron Armstead, left tackle. Ryan Ramchek, right tackle they always had a good offensive line the past few years. You go just up and down the list of teams that have a good left tackle, good right tackle, and most times the entire offensive line is going to work out. So if you can get those guys at the premium tackle positions, playing at a high level, assuming Andrew Thomas still plays at a high level and stays healthy, assuming that Evan Neal is the same way, can stay healthy and play at a high level, this Giants offensive line, it may not be top five in the NFL, but it's going to be pretty good like it's not going to hold the Giants back anymore we're not going to be sitting here and making the same excuses of oh it's the offensive lines fall and have that same you know go-to excuses Giants fans for the past decade like no if Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas hold up for most of the season and just play well they should be fine you have Mark Linowski you're going to have a veteran center whether it's you know Garcia or whether it is Feliciano, we'll find out who the left guard is, they could pick a guy in uh, in day two, we'll find out, but yeah, I mean, I just think that Giants offensive line, like, it's close, it's not a finished product yet, but it's close to getting there, and I'm excited about it, so as long as you have your two tackles for the future, you're in a very good spot, and as long as Evan Neal works out, the Giants are in a very good spot, so... I came away from this first round just very satisfied, of course, like those thoughts started creeping in my head, like do they trade up back in the first round, do they take Malik Willis, do they do something crazy like that, and we can touch on that real quick and talk about some of the guys left for um, you know the early second round, the Giants pick number 36 tomorrow, so that'll be an early pick, but with the Malik Willis situation, am I surprised he made it out the first round, absolutely, I think there's a chance he could be there at 36 tomorrow, but you know, if you're the Lions, I think the Lions pick 33rd. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world to take him there. Like, I don't know why you'd pass on him. So he might just go with the first pick in the second round tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, if you're the Giants and you're sitting at 36 and Malik Willis is still there like that, in my opinion, is a risk worth taking. Um, I I know some people may disagree with that, but like, I just feel like at that point, the value is too good. You just can't pass on certain guys at, at certain points. And I don't know. It just would not make sense to me. Like, I think the Eagles made the same type of case when Jalen Hurts fell to the second round. They're like, the value was just too good. So, I think sometimes you go into a draft and you don't have like the vision of taking a quarterback early, but like, if one happens to fall that far, like Malik Willis could have. Went second overall tonight, and I, I don't think many people would have been like that shocked by it. So, to have him fall possibly to 36 and have the Giants take him there, like I think at that point, the value is too good. So, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, I'm not saying I would do it, but like I can definitely see it if they wanted to do it. I definitely can understand where they're coming from. Looking at some of the guys that are left for tomorrow, though, he's looking at Kobe Dean, the athletic linebacker out of Georgia. The Giants can definitely use that type of guy be good in coverage, sideline-the-sideline type of guy, play next to Blake Martinez. Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson, just a good all-around cornerback. I mean, I don't really have many bad things to say about him. I feel like he has good size as well. Um, The Giants could use a corner, as we know, so keep uh, keep an eye on him know, um, yeah, David Ajabo, I mean, do they want to go that route? Take an injured guy who's coming off the recent Achilles injury, but the Giants are not supposed to be competitive next year anyway, so maybe you get some decent value there. Sky Moore, good slot receiver. Travis Jones would be a great nose tackle in my opinion, so you're going to have guys here at 36, Jalen Petre, a guy that I really like in the secondary from Baylor. So, you know, Josh Josh Pascal is a really good athlete, edge rusher, but we took one tonight. I like Drake Jackson, edge rusher, but um, we'll see. There's definitely going to be some very good names, of course, at 36. And the Giants were able to take Xavier McKinney at 36 a couple years ago. And so far, that pick has worked out very well. So we're going to find out what happens there. Leave in the comments. How do you feel about tonight? Who do you want for tomorrow? Hopefully you guys enjoyed the draft as much as I did because I came away very happy with the first day. And if Joe Shane keeps this up, it it might be an excellent draft for the Giants, hopefully. So that's going to do it, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.